Black. 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 New York black, shit. Black, black. It's still cool though. Black on black, black. Yeah. Hey. Yee. Okay, black, 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 black on black, black, my thoughts so black. What? Black on black, my skin is so black, I'm what? black on black. What? Black. What? Rams on this black, black wheels in this black, black. wheel with this black bitch. Black. So black on black on black on black. I feel like we, black, we black, dropped black, the ball black, all last black, month. Black, black, my thoughts so black. No, we did. We should have played this song. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We, better late than never. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Hey. Uh. What? And what's up, yo? This is Tressy. Uh, this is Cedric. And this is Ben. And we are through the crate. Digging through cultural and current events through the hip hop lens. Let's get to it. Back, 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 back up in it. Back, back, back up, back up, back up, back. Yeah, we so, we so back, 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 back in that sack, back in that sack. We so back. I don't know, that doesn't work, right? I mean, it got the job done. They know. Black, black, black. Yes, we back. Yes, we back. We back, back, black and black. Back and black and black. Men in black. That's a movie. Will Smith shouldn't be the genie. I don't know. Okay. Let's get into the actual episode. Blue, blue, blue. Blue, so blue, so blue. He's so blue, but he's not really that black because everybody thinks he's not that black. But something's happening with it because he's black. Will Smith is black. He's black. I don't know. Just all right. He's whatever. So black. Blue. He's just as black as the, your blue beanie. Because he's a blue genie. Bars. Oh, oh. Bars. <laughs> bars. All right. Well, we are back with an, another regular <laughs> episode for you guys. We had two episodes of interviews for you guys the last two weeks, and now it's the regular show. It's going to be a regular show, regular degular. You know what I mean? Um, and you know we always have to start with. The verse of the week, and let me go ahead and give that to y'all right now. Um, I'll give you guys the first few bars, and you guys go ahead and try and guess. Great. All right, Sounds here like we go. fun. I'm so excited. All right. The power of dussy make a grown man cry. The day I came out, my mama had seen a grown man cry. They say it has magic powers. Even magic ain't die. Wake you up at your sleep and take a 3 a.m. car ride. Oh my god, I, I I feel like I should know this. Is this is this a, a male rapper? No. Okay. Oh, this is Rhapsody. What song? Uh shit. Um Ah! Oh, oh man. All right, I know it's from her album. Um does this song have a feature on it? Yes. It's the one with Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. It's the one with Kendrick. What was it called? Power? Yes! Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He said the booty, the only thing between him and God. They love the booty, sacrifice the family and job. Badge make the police feel powerful in the hood. Guns make us feel powerful, but they ain't do no good. Hey. Bars. I know my blackness, blackness powerful, and they don't like that. I know some niggas sold theirs. Sit back and watch them tap dance. Bombs over Baghdad to ha have to, a flag to brag about. Don't make you a big boy because you got a nice stack. You know, just all this shit. Just, you know, you just know, all Carolina these bars. Boy, you know, just bars. All that, you know, I, I figured we, you know, it's March. Get a lady in there. 
Oh, because it's, I mean? it's Women's Month or something? Yeah, International Women's Month. Oh, that's there so was a cute. day that passed that we weren't podcasting, I think. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, because you know you had to take the day off because it was the National Women's Day. So you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Had like, to do your your womanly duties, whatever that is. You know, make babies and stuff. I don't know, man. Clean, cook. You know, I'm hoping I'm hoping Women's Month isn't as bad as Black History was. We've already seen knock. a lot of. Uh, <laughs> at least, at least they arrested R. Kelly, <laughs> right? Hey, R. Kelly got arrested this month. Women of the world, rejoice, and. Fathers can rejoice as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got the verse out the way. Yay. Yeah, that was nice. I like that. Is there I like anything that that's going on in trending music? Um, well, what do we got? I mean, the top thing now is always usually some new shit. New um, shit, new shit. So two chains debuted number one in the hip hop rap charts. Good for him. Number four. Whoa. Number <laughs> number four on the overall charts, which is which is not bad. Something that surprised me from last week, even though we didn't talk about it last week because we weren't here last week because we were taking the day off because Tressie needed to do her woman stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was gone. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) In L.A. Yeah, again. I know. You don't understand how pissed off I kind of was. Yeah. Back up in this bitch. Back, 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 back in black. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I was a little... um, Mad to be going back, but you know, I went to the happiest place on earth. Yeah, you did. Apparently, the Disneyland. Yeah, and if you're ever in Disneyland, make sure you ride the uh, Incredicoaster. But anyway, um, yeah. So two chains, number four on the Billboard 200, and number one on the hip hop. Yep, he did his damn thing. Fire, if I could say that. Did his damn thing. Damn, um, damn, damn. Gunna is still beaten, offset mm. a week later. Even Cardi B couldn't get him to up beat there. Gonna, but it's okay. I mean, and what sucks is because that album wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's interesting to see that Gunna is like surpassing him right now. Yeah. Do you think it was like? What do you think about that? I mean, I told you from the yeah. time Culture Two came out about a year ago, mm-hmm. the Migos reign as the leaders of the new school. Mm-hmm. It's already over. Like, they're already old news at this point. It, it mm. does feel like that. Um, but the the Gunner thing kind of reminds me of something that I was talking to Cedric about. This the long streak of Atlanta music because we've had Future, yep. uh, 2 Chains, yep. Offset, yep. Gunner. Like, it just seems like it's dominated, like, the last month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's just all, yeah, it's the South, the South. Killing it. All right, well, I guess that just will go into our hip-hop cafe. Nice, all right, all right, we're back. (laughs) Oh, shit, she brought it back. She brought back that little shitty bass. All right, guys. Oh, it's hip, so bad. Hip hop cafe. Oh. Because we can comment on the music, we can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> we got two chains. Rap, Rap or go to the league. Or go to the league. Because those are your only options, nigga. Ooh. <laughs> what else you gonna do? 
Mm. Better go, go mm. out there and entertain these white people. See? Exactly. <laughs> What'd you guys think? Uh, it, was, it was a good album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good album? How about you, Tressie? Good I thought album? it was a good album. I actually thought I thought this was a, um I thought this was a really good al- album, okay. actually. I thought it was probably one of the best albums that's come out this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you guys rank it in Two Chains albums? Is it his best? I didn't listen to a lot of Two Chains albums. Um, I think this album made you me appreciate. To pretty girls, didn't you? Pretty girls love trap. Yeah, yeah, that one was good too. I think this one spoke more to me and made me also appreciate a lot of his older music as well. Okay, I think. So, it, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I think this one. Is uh, sticking with me more than Pretty Girls of Trap Music. For sure. Same here. What about you? Oh, I enjoyed it. Mm hmm. It was good. You're making this feel real awkward. Why are you like, yeah, doing you, it? you look like you're one. really going to go yeah. for some devil's advocate thing. Oh, no, like, I'm not. I, I actually <laughs> you're just, like. You're just making something. The vibe in here is real, real weird. It's a with, vibe. Oh, sorry. That was the last one. Yo, that was um, a dope ass song. I yeah. played the shit out of that song. Yes. Um, but yeah, what what did you think about it? What what was what were your thoughts? Generally, I really enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys remember when I first listened to it. I was like, "Oh, this is the album Offset wanted to make." <laughs> and I th- I think where I was going with that when I said it was this was kind of Two Chains telling his story, more of the full story. I feel like we've gotten bits and pieces of his story before on uh, his other projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is more of the from the time when he was kind of starting out to kind of where he is now and kind of filling out the whole picture, not just his trapping days or not just his early days in the music industry, but you're kind of getting the whole picture on this. This album is like covering all of his adulthood. Yep. There there's the the rapper go to the league is basically talking about his his time as a college athlete and Athlete. and basically it's <laughs> just like figuring out like how he's going to make money or whatever and you you see this college athlete turned drug dealer turned rapper and the the other thing is like you know we talk about him as rapper or whatever but he's also a father so marriage and fatherhood comes into play with this album too yes it does so that was Led to some some awkward moments, I think, too, with the father and the dad thing. How in like one song he's talking about, you know, uh, Murray and his wife, and the only time he'll settle. And then like the next song, "Take Your Girl with Me," and mm-hmm. he's just like, so he he he's playing both sides in in that he's married now, he's got kids now, but he used to. I think that's what it is. I think this is his like. Stuff. It, it sounds like his four forty four. Like his version, because he's talking about like the things that he's gone through. Um, he's talking more about love. He's talking more about um, just those things. And so, like, he's trying to like like the very first song in "Forgiven," "Let It All Be Forgiven." He's like, "Yo, there's some shit that we're out here doing that's stupid. Let's make sure we don't." Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of how I interpreted interpreted the album. I could see some of that, but I think that I would. Hesitate to compare it to 444 because so it's much of that compare. was. 
I would. I'm just saying this is his version. How is that like a comparison? Because I think that I think that overall that's a comparison. The overall thing was like my bad. Jay Z like talking about his own failings as oh okay as like a a husband Mm -hmm. and whatnot and. I don't think 2 Chains really touches on that. Like, he says things about... I'm not not saying that... I guess it's similar. I think what Ben is saying is, let's just be careful to just say whenever an artist grows up and makes what we consider an adult album, let's just not just put the 444 stamp on it. Yeah. I usually think that there's a big... There's still a big hole here because 2 Chains has made his brand, like, you know, the drugs thing was Mm -hmm. a big part, but it was... Central thing is two chains and his ability to get to sort of get women. He's, he says these things in, all the time. He's like, you got to know how to talk to these women. I got all these girls. I'll get your girl. But like his wife, they've been in a relationship for like fourteen years. Right. So then it's just like you've been in a relationship since mm-hmm. before you started rapping. So like all this rap about the girls and all that, where does that really come from? Maybe he's got an open relationship. I agree. It's it's is it an open relationship or is he just playing a, a role, right? Mm-hmm. He's a rapper. Right, a lot of people do that. Well, it's it's funny because there's so much um authenticity when it talks about him in the drug game. Mhm. That it's like it seems like with the girls, I don't know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And as Cedric say maybe it's just like a, a open sort of thing mm-hmm. and more than anything I could imagine. Well, past all that, the music is good. <laughs> no, I freaking love the beats. I mean, this was definitely a change from him sonically from Pretty Girls Love Trap Music. You obviously still have some of those super trap-heavy beats, but then you also have a lot of samples, which yeah. is something he didn't use a lot of before. Mm-hmm. I think this just shows a lot more of his versatility. Than, um, than before. Like, we knew him for doing things like I'm different or, you know, it's a vibe or, like, you know, he he went and yep. he changed a lot in that realm. But we're not, we, we've we never heard him on, like, a, a beat like a threat to society or money in the way. Like, these are, like, some really dope beats that are, like, I, I don't even know, like, how to, like, pinpoint them because I don't want to say, like, boom bap-ish, but I also don't want to say, like, They're more East boom Coast. Bap-ish. But sample heavy. Yeah, like yeah. He, we haven't soul heard samples. him on some soul. That's su- what I was thinking. Yeah, like soul, the soulful yeah, the soul music samples. sampled. So yeah, I I definitely think um, this was a, a a nice a refreshing change to hear him on. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was also refreshing lyrically. Mm-hmm. I actually went back and listened to Pretty Girls Love Trap music just to kind of see where he was at at that time. And while I think some of the songs on Pretty Girls Love Trap music were more fun in their vibe and in the beats and kind of in the energy lyrically there were a lot more forgettable lines and just he was kind of scratching the surface on this one he's definitely he's saying it but he's not just saying what he's saying he's kind of talking around things he's using different words he's expanding his vocabulary a little bit and maybe saying things he was saying before but just saying it in slightly more clever way Mm mm-hmm to um, make it more memorable, I think. The one thing that I feel about this album, it feels nice and deliberate. It, like, um, there, it's not a bunch of tracks just thrown together to 
to have something to sell. Mm-hmm. There's 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 an effort to make um, something a little cohesive. At the same time, there there are switches that happen in the album. Like it starts uh, off with like some real soulful kind of stuff with the samples, and then uh, what is the one? Uh, oh well, I'm kind of thinking of Statute of Limitations. Right. That's like a a, a big shift from the previous songs. That well, that's I think it's a good. Hmm. I think it, I I actually understand the con- concept in in the flow of the album. And I think it's not. I don't think it's bad. Like if you're going from forgiven to threat to society, money in the way, and then statue limitation. Like I feel like forgiven is telling you like, don't do shit. Like you know, be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go into threat to society. Just him understanding what his um. I guess position is or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like the the progression from those songs, I think is good. And then you go into Statue of Limitations for him to for him to actually go into like, yo, I did this. This is what I used to do. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know. I I, I want to make sure you understand though, because yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't oh, think okay. the shift is bad. I think like Statue of Limitations is a song that's like so two chain mm-hmm. style, and yeah. it was funny yeah. because like. It suddenly pulls you out and is like, oh, yeah, this is no, two okay, chains. Got, okay, got you. Okay, got so, you. So, I mean, this song, it was actually a big surprise to me because of the sample. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's kind of a confusing one because, like, the original song was a Lil John and Eastside Boy song with mm-hmm. Too Short. But it's kind of like a really obscure cut. But then the, that beat was reused by Lil Wayne on, I think it was Dedication 3. Okay. And it's a really good beat and it's been mm-hmm. reworked for this and it's it's so good. Right. Um I I have to say probably for me some of the most underwhelming moments were on some of the ones with the features on them. That is something yes. that I can very much I can understand. Agree. Uh I mean, I love Thugger. <laughs> Look, dude. I love Thugger. That's this yes. I I love what he brings to the table. 95% of the time. The hook on High I Top Versace is dope as fuck. Yeah. I honestly like the hook. I think what Thugger did on that hook is very Thuggerish. It's a yeah. little different. He switches the flow up, kind of sets the tone on that hook. And the rest of the song, it's just performance from Two Chains was just very subpar. Thugger's. Two Chains pops in on a Young Thug sub- song. Right. Yeah, and and it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't like what uh, Thug was even saying in his verse. Like, I treat my West Side, my East Side girls like the West Side. Yeah, it's it's it was a little. It's just like okay, you it was just, very lazy. Yeah, just super lazy. But I did. Um, I it was refreshing to hear Young Thug because you listen to people like Gunna and shit like that, and you hear where Gunna's influences are. And it was just refreshing to hear like the original of that I shit. Got hot top Versace. Yeah. I got hot top. I thought there was a funny line in there when uh I I thought the most stunting ass fucking line was like I get I just got off the phone with Donatella. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, oh, that's that's fire. You know? Um I don't think the song is meant to be anything to look into. Um, but yeah, it, I, I agree with what you're saying. I kind of had a similar feeling with the the, ne- the the next song in the album is Whip. Yeah, that's I, the one with uh, Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. Even worse. Yeah, yes. and it was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> even. Worse. We're all in agreement. That one I think was probably the worst song on the album. I skip it for every, me. Time it com- every time it every comes time. Every time. Yeah, I think that Travis Scott has a way. Like he can kind of put together songs. Like 
if somebody says to Travis Scott, hey, we want to have a Travis Scott song, and like there's there's not much that he goes into like beyond that, this is like that generic Travis Scott song that he can push out. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a problem because this is a problem I've had with Travis Scott since I first heard of Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. I think the first song I heard him on, he was featured on, what was this song, Mama Sita or some shit? And it was a weird feature because the song kind of went one way and then the whole beat switched and this dude, Travis Scott, came on. You're like, oh, that's different. And then the beat kind of switched up again. And then I, I got into him. Like, okay, this is Travis Scott's thing. This is kind of his sound, his auto-tune, the high, high pitch, low pitch. And then you hear his music and you're like, okay, Travis, I get it. Like, he makes albums. He makes, mm-hmm. like, like, sonic landscapes for his mm-hmm. projects. But when you just get like three minutes of Travis Scott, it's like you, you're not in that world yet. You're not in, you know. That's why like he named his last one Astral World because it's like you got to get into that. Yeah, space. it was it was a it was a different it's a thing. Yeah, you can't just thing. get three minutes of Travis Scott and it's gonna be good. Like mm-hmm. you, you need the time and to get into it. Like but it, yeah, his but, features but even are if just you never just, good, right? <laughs> well, his features uh, are never good. Travis Scott? Yes, That's I don't like true. his features. I don't like his features. Not true. But I, I will. one thing that I want to stress is that these guys have been making music together for a while. Like, 4AM was on the last 2 Chains album, Pretty Girls Love Trap Music. And it was a good song. And it's like, it's a kind of, it's it, the song is all about like, hey, let's go out and have the wildest night or whatever. So, and it does, it plays its role really well. Um, and then there's... Um, there's an old one that I love. It was uh, Upper Echelon. Dope song. Yes. And with the 2 chains feature at the end. But this song does not come through that same way. It's not like as, as monumental. It's like, oh, check out this shift. Check out this energy. It's like, hey, check out these guys that had a little time and they came back together. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask about another feature song. Got it. I'm There's ready. a... It was a single, right? The uh, song with Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah. Rule the World. Yes. So, what would you like to ask? Because I, I have thoughts about this song. Yeah. I just go into it. I really think that you should have got Amory for this song. Is she still around? It doesn't matter. You should have found her. I don't understand why you got Ariana label, Grande. Label. Label. And if... if I thought it was very interesting. I I'm just... I'm thinking whatever label the ma- major label is that got mm-hmm. like a two for one special with the sample of that uh, oh, yeah. of the uh, of a Marie song. Well, not just a Marie song, but the one that Ariana Grande used in her other song, "Rule the World." No, oh, uh, um, Seven Rings. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. The, se- the seven because he used that sample too, and then she's also on this album. I just was just like label. So th- this this to me screams label. Like mm-hmm. this girl is hot right now. Put her on this song. Put her on this song. He could have had Amory on it. And the and label was like, been... you know what? No. Yeah. Ariana Grande's hot right now. Put she needs to there. be on this track. I, I I understand your your thought process, but I have no like I really could see two chains agreeing with that idea. It's like, it's Ariana Grande, she's super hot. Why not? She's mm-hmm. been dominating the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I st- I I just don't like Ariana Grande. Um that much? I don't mind her. I I honestly just don't really like this song. I didn't really I just like th- this song. I think it would have really been like dope song. if she if we got Amory on there because it, we there's so many uh, pieces on this album that are kind of nostalgic, 
and that I think would have fit in with the concept of this mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And I just think it would have been dope to see, like, you know, bring out another black chick to, you know, sing the hook on your song. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I could completely see that. I, this song, it was one, this was one that was skipping hard, like, when I was going through it. I was like, uh. <laughs> It was a hard skip. It was like, but uh, I just, it just felt like a different tone. Like, not not what I really wanted out of a 2 Chainz song. But is, actually, it's not, it's not a bad song, though. It's it's a Radio Reach song. It I, is, yes. it is. And it's, and it's, it's, the, it's the, the one on the album... Mm-hmm. The, it's the song on the album that has the most it reeks the most of Radio Reach like everything right, else right. on it feels like it was just like a. it could be a cut mm-hmm. this one sounds like they tried to make a radio song right um, I would go into something else but I don't want to make I want to make sure we don't skip these two songs because we've kind of been talking about them in order um, NCAA I thought that was a very interesting concept for the song um, the execution was kind of weird to me, but um, the beat on that song is amazing. Honorable C note. What did you say? Honorable C note. It's the same guy who did the song with Trippy Red and Travis Scott feature, which is a Travis Scott feature that I do <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he makes these super dark, yes, like super like apocalyptic beats. Right. Dope. This Thank song you. Thank you for that, sticks man. in your head. You're mm-hmm. like. Damn, this is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else are you trying to say? Damn, that'd be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one, this song, and I think it need it's dark for a reason because mm-hmm. it's a it really it's a really dark topic that yeah, doesn't get a lot topic. of light. I mean, just the line in there where he says, you know, um, you don't care if I eat, you don't care mm. if I ate. I, mm-hmm. I dropped 40 today, but you don't care if I eat, you don't care if I ate. Right. right. It's so real because, I mean, this has been an issue that comes up again and again and again, and again, again dude. with college athletes making fun athletes. of the South Park episode that did this fucking beautifully. But um, they compared student athletes to slaves because mm-hmm. they're pretty much getting, you know, house and, and board, mm-hmm. room and board. Yep, they get a place to sleep and some food to eat, but they got they better go out there and. Play them games for Massa. Right. And make them money, but they can't make a dime. So it's 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 even fucking EA's making money off of this. Right. I mean, luckily they they sued. Right. And they they got the actual players' images taken down from mm-hmm. those NCAA games, but there's so much money in collegiate sports that the athletes see zero from. Right, which will go into one of our news stories later. But it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. so these guys they get a scholarship, but for what? Mm-hmm. They're not going to class. Right. They're not getting an education. They're getting enough to fucking be eligible to play. I, I think that the I think that you make a great point with that because there he he talks a lot about how, you know, he's just out there working and it's just like all these people are want this and that, and he's not really getting the money from what he does. Right. But there's another part that I, I find interesting in the song. Like, he says in the hook, he's like, uh, what's it? NCAA? Oh, we, you, we be We're the young and d- dangerous. We, yeah, he says, we be balling hard. I, I just want, want some, some paper. paper. And I think that actually says a lot about it. Yeah. Because this idea I was just going like, to say it's simple but complex. It's like, you know what? I was just trying to, I was just trying to make as much money as I thought I could. You right. Know, like, he, he felt like he was talented. He felt like he had potential. And it was just like... I'm going to do whatever I can do to make it. Mm-hmm. And they, these are very, these are very 
like common things you talk about in black communities. Like, hey, maybe you can play basketball. Hey, maybe you can sell drugs. Right. Maybe you can rap. And he's just like, you know, I, I've done all three of them. And I made paper and I'm just like always just trying to make make it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 very true and it's it's sad. Um and I think one thing about this Two Chains album that I have to give him credit and then also critique him at the same time. <clears throat> Obviously I'm not going to Two Chains for the for philosophy and having all of the answers. Mm-hmm. So he does raise a lot of questions on this album. I'm missing the solution piece. Oh, yeah. You know, like like I'm really missing the the critical thinking of I've been through all this, so here's kind of what I came out of it. Yeah, with. here's what I've learned. Um it he he comes out like I came out of this rich as hell. I made it, but you don't necessarily get the the street philosophy from him from this from this record or from this project just as a whole it's mm-hmm. it's implied but it's not really I, I there would, it is i would i would agree with that and to go back a, a step i think it's actually like a contrast between some of the things that happened in 444 where jay-z's kind of laid out this framework it's like hey you know we as a community we need to do this this is right, our right, right. thing a lot of this album is this is my two chains experience. This is what I'm good at. This is where I felt like I was getting like taken advantage of or whatever. And it's it's very much about him. And right. you know, I won't say that there's anything wrong with that, but you you do have to like understand what this project is about. Well, I I understand what you guys are getting at now with the whole four be careful with the 444 co- comparison because I when you, when you said that I I was thinking about it as um ah oh, come on Tress. You had it right there on the tip of your tongue. Um, say what you were just saying again. Um, I was saying that he was framing it as like, this is what 2 chains has been through. And this mm-hmm. is what how I achieved success. But yeah, the solutions Z. aren't there. But I think what, yeah. So th- that's why we shouldn't compare it to 444 because you're not providing the solutions. Um, he is, he's... I guess the I guess why I was thinking of it as his his version is just mm-hmm. because I haven't heard two chains be as introspective like this before, and that was the first time I heard Jay Z be go that deep as well. So I guess that's where I made the comparison. But yeah, I, I definitely understand what you guys are saying now. If you want to know something weird about how I reacted to this album, I actually had thoughts back to um, a college dropout by Kanye West. Interesting. Hmm. Wild, wildly different Please. position in life. Mm-hmm. But when I was like thinking about the soul samples and like just talking a little more about his own struggles and coming up and like like what he was doing, you know, because it was he he kind of ends this project as I mean he ends this the, the whole series as a boss, but then he was like working for the man, et cetera, et cetera, for a lot of it. The most, the thing that hit me the most is like, oh man, this is like good use of soul that I, that we've kind of been missing a lot. Right. Yeah. I, th- I, I definitely agree. Yeah. And it's soul beats are for everybody. For real. That, that's something that the black community just understands at its core. Everybody who was raised on hip hop 
had parents that were raised on Motown. Right. Okay? So Talk about you it. fucking heard that shit from the time when you was a kid. So when you hear certain soul samples, bruh. Right. Bruh, you right. feel it. And it, I think it just, it elicits certain emotions from people. And that's mm-hmm. why you get this more introspective shit on those type of beats. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, like it, go, go ahead. But I was just going to go to another song. Oh, I was going to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> go you know, ahead. Speaking about beats, something yes. I, I have to speak on is, I guess, the creativity of some of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is, of course, you know the one that we cannot skip We cannot over, skip over this one. Mama, I hit a lick. Mama, I hit a lick. And, yes. <laughs> and the, the whole fact that this song was recorded in an interesting time signature. Yes. 6-8. Yeah. If you just, guys understand saying, what that is. There are, there are a lot of cuts on this album. It's a, lot. a lot of cuts. Yeah. I've put a lot of these on my personal playlist. Yeah, but... But so, let's talk about that song, though. Yeah, Mama, I, I Hit a Lick for me is... I'm going to default. You guys tell me what you think. first. Well, okay. Uh, I, I don't have, like, the, the deepest analysis, whatever. Yes, but you do. one thing that... So deep. That hit me, it was like... I was like, man, this feels like... Kind of like the Kendrick energy... That I felt in like New Freezer, it was like mm-hmm. this is not my song, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go hard. And it was kind of funny because uh, when you're talking about Two Chains, there there is a thing where Kendrick's would say like, "Oh, I don't need to show that I'm really good at what I do," you know. I feel like this song was made at the same time that uh, the Black Panther project was made. If you listen to t- uh, to X on the Black Panther project and then listen to this one. I, I feel this almost the same energy. Um, Could you uh, remind me of what um, X? It's um, so it's what she's going at is more of the style Kendrick is using. Mm-hmm. How he kind of goes from a rap into kind of a spoken word. But it also has um, two chains is on X as well. So I just can't remember the song. Um, I'm sorry. It's a. Uh, it's the dude with it's the one with the the African dude. He's like swallow all my children. Are you on ten yet? Are you on? Oh 10? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah are you on ten yet? Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, fuck the place up, fuck the place up. But like th- this song actually hits me because I I think a lot about I've been thinking a lot about like what makes rappers unique and this is like this Ken- Kendrick Lamar coming in like. I, this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. This is a new sound. Thank you. And this yes. is what a very talented person that works in music can do. Right. Thank you. That was yes. a, that was exactly what I was going to say, man. Mm-hmm. Well, not exactly, because it was your own words. But the, the idea <laughs> is the same, where it's two, two very talented artists who got together who said, let's create. Yes. Like, let's, 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 let's build something. Let's something different. Let's yeah. make something. This and they did true. it. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry to go back. But this is the big difference between the song with him and Travis Scott. Yes. Right. Exactly. Him and Travis Scott were this like, is this, like is the, the, this is the, what we do. Let's just do that. And this one was the two were like, let's, let's do some shit. Yeah. Let's create instead let's create of let's shit. make. I don't right. know. Like, it, it's it's interesting because, excuse me. The time signature the, yes. is, is completely different. Who else is rapping on a fucking 6-8 beat? <laughs> I mean, Odyssey. He did some shit in yes, some he weird did. time Odyssey signature. But is, there's not a lot of. He's not mainstream. But, but which is okay, right. which is okay. But I mean, it's, counterclockwise is a an amazing oh song. Yes, it's but incredible. 
even live, he does that shit. He yes. fucking murders it's, 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 in, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, if you guys have ever... <laughs> I, just a, a tangent. If you ever have a chance, go see... Go see Odyssey. Odyssey in good company. No, um... He oh. makes beats. He fucking but, raps. Yeah. And, and anyway, tangent but, here. Yes. Bring it back. But, <laughs> but this, is, this is... I tried to um, ask some of my coworkers how they felt about this song because we have, like, a hip-hop channel at, at work. Got it. And I was asking them, and they were like, oh, I don't like that beat. And I was like, why don't you like that beat? And they were like, I don't know. It just sounds weird. It's not uh, Pharrell's best. I like Pharrell from, I guess, ages ago or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? I forgot about the so fact I that So I asked him, I was, like, um, I was like, do you, is it the time signature? And I, I got crickets. So it's like these, it's people, they don't want change, man. They don't want some, they can't understand the creativity or, or the, the, the work that went into making a song like this to me. But that's why it's one song on the album. Yes. That's why if you're an artist and you choose to have a song like this on your project, it means a lot to the people in this room because we actually appreciate music and we mm -hmm. dig down and we're, we're looking for something different. Right. But then there's also elements of this album where there's an Ariana Grande where right. for people who are casual listeners, well, they can get... serving the people. Well, it's not even just serving the people. I think it's him serving his fans who he knows very. Yeah. And getting Kendrick and getting a song like this, I think, actually expands his Venn diagram of fans um, not just into the the Kendrick bubble, but into the the Odyssey bubble, mm -hmm. right? Like into the more artistic bubble, because people who will understand and will pick up on this song is in six eight. They're fucking around with time signatures. They're doing some new flows. The There's some new the sounds going on here. Like it's it's different. It's new, and I love new shit. Now, there's one thing I do have to say though, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. When Kendrick goes down and he goes into the like into that area. Mm -hmm. Um, for some reason, it reminds me of when Drake did. Uh, what was that? That one song. I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? And we do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Go do it. Oh, it, it's the uh, um, going bad. Yeah. Um, Meek Mill. Show him how to do it. Cousin Paul. To uh, you know, like it's it's that whole kind of thing. So, um, that was the one thing I thought about when he did that. I was like, is he the first one to do this? And then I was like. Drake kind of did something similar. So, but did yeah. you guys realize that Two Chains did his future impersonation on this song, the future flow that everyone hated from uh, King's Dead? Did you, oh, did everybody yeah, notice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Train did his did his future impersonation. So I stand by my grounds and saying, future is a uh, is the future. He 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 tries new flows that people don't usually try, mm -hmm. and then they become slowly become mainstream as 2 Chainz just copied that flow on this song that we all love. I don't even know if I'm going to let you... I, I'll let I, you I have know. that one because I, 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 I'm going to have to listen. Yeah, it's again. on there. He does it. He I'll goes up to the... I, I hear you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's there. I hear it. It's there. But, if, but it's, it's also... And it's, no one else did that. No one else did that stupid falsetto sounding thing until Future did it on The King's Dead. But you can also... Um, attribute that to the Travis Scott lower register, then going into a higher register. Right, but that's but it's it's not a falsetto. I'm just saying. It's well, I'll, I'll I'll go back and I'll listen. I, I'm not gonna give uh, 
Future his credit without <laughs> fact checking. Future has to have his credit. I'm not giving it to him. I'm without. giving it to him right now, Future Hendrix. Keep doing your thing, dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Can, uh, I, can I ask you about you another song? Out there, son. You good? I'm great. <laughs> there, there was a, there was a song with a feature by Ty Dolla Sign. Yes. So I was gonna go. Th- so after Mama, I hit a lick. I like the. Um, it's very interesting because this is a big transition from Mama, I hit a lick, and then into Rule the World because that's such a different song. And then you Bleh, go into right, and then you go into such a nostalgic beat or whatever. Right? It's almost like this song had to go there because where else were you gonna put it? You had to and, bring the casual people back. They're like, right. Wait, what the fuck is this what six eight happened? shit? Oh, okay. Oh, Ariana Grande. Right. Cool. Cool. I feel and better now. And then you go into Comfort Girl's Food. Best Friend, which is the song that Rule the World should have been. I feel like, you know, so like you could have just went from, if we didn't have to satisfy the regular people, I feel like mm-hmm. you could have skipped out, you could have gotten rid of Rule the World and gone straight into Girl's Best Friend. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I also just want to say that um, I've, I've been... Just consistently impressed with the features that Ty Dolla Sign's been doing. Ty really can't really do do any wrong. So I mean, he he when he gives you a hook, I just feel like he does some things that like he has his formula. But I also think like if you just even look and listen to like his ad libs or his like backgrounds and shit like that, the things that he does, this hook is amazing. The hook is so simple. And yeah. at first, I wanted to, I actually told myself when I heard the song, I'm like, okay, dude. Song's not great, but I fucking love it anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a it's, mustard beat. Mm-hmm. It's Ty just saying diamonds 30 mm-hmm. times <laughs> with random, whoa, whoa. whoa. But and that's what like, I'm saying. And it just, it feels his... so good. Right. Yeah. It feels so, it's like. God damn it, he did it again. It's right. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. He's just fucking, he gave me another the one. The hook is crazy. Like. Sometimes simple is better. Sometimes less is more. And that's what I think Ty really knows. Ty Dolla Sign is like a, a a bag of fucking just regular Lay's potato chips. It's just like a, it's a, it's a, you know what flavor you're getting. They're greasy as hell. But you, you just know it's going to be good every time. I'm not a big, okay, good. That's, that's your, your analogy. You, I, I, I would say maybe sour cream and onion. But okay. We good. <laughs> But you like the flavor. Yeah. And it's consistent. The flavor is consistent. And it's consistent. Yes. Consistently good. Yeah, consistently. There's imitators, but they ain't the same. Right. <laughs> ain't nothing like a sour cream and onion lace. Nada. <laughs> Damn chip is better. Except for Pringles. Pringles aren't a chip. They are a potato snack. Chris. Those are like pressed bits of potato. Right. They cannot call them chips legally. <laughs> Because legally a chip is a sliced fried potato. Anyway. So then we go on a $2 bill, right? Yes. $2 bill. It was a... This was a fun song. Fun song. This was a fun song, guys. I have to say, this song was fun. I can't say it was like my favorite song, but it was was a lot of fun. It borrows a lot from um, the the Lil Wayne song, Phone Home. Mm. And Lil Wayne is... He's got a feature. You know that part, right? Yes. I was I was really pre- I was I was kind of reappreciating what it was because he's got that line where he says rare. I'm rare like mm-hmm. Mr. Clean with hair, no brake lights on my car rear, mm-hmm. and I was like, car rear, car has brake lights, but 
but he's also saying my career. Mm. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Little Wayne is a genius when is, he goes to those. A genius. And he really he really brings it in this song. But there's actually I think there's something about the E40 feature that I I think is is kind of fun and unique about this. This is what I love this is what I love about E40. And this is what I love. Tell him, bae. Bay business right now. We've we trying to get into the, the, the bay bag today. And, this, and it's exactly what he says inside of this song. And if you don't like it, you don't have to like he's it. He's one of one. But he is literally one of one. I knew you were, were yes. going to fucking say that. I yes. knew, he, I is, knew he, is, he's, he is his own. There is the, no one else that will no ever in this life ever. rap like him. E-40 he has his E-40. own style. You People talk about switching up flows and shit like that. You will never, ever have a flow like his. And yeah, some people, like, I've, I've ran into people that say, oh, I don't like his flow. It's really weird. That's fine. Name somebody else who does that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And name somebody who else who else has the uh, longevity and the career that he has. One of my favorite E-40 stories, it was in a documentary about Tupac. I don't remember which one because there's fucking been yeah, thousands. 20,000, right? <laughs> Fuck. But he, he, he made a comment. He's like, yeah, you know, we were working on a song with Tupac and we were all in the studio with our with our notebooks, writing our rhymes. And he he said he remembered having the the um the table in the room, the like coffee table where everybody took their guns out and put them on the table because they were in the way and they were all like just writing. And it was just like some real shit mm-hmm. with Tupac, with E-40. So right. that, that's how old this motherfucker is. He was writing rhymes with his gun on the table with Tupac. Right. I mean, this is, he is a legend and the fact Bitch. that, yeah, I mean, the fact that he still got people like reciting his music, the still got people wanting him on his tracks. He's still bringing fire. Like the way that he he does. Like I, I'm just I, I just there's no other. There's no one no one else that does it like people. Him. People say the things that he said and don't realize that he's the one exactly. that said it first. Exactly. Broccoli? Are you kidding me? Right. Like that was him. I like, mean, the vernacular is is insane. That <laughs> you use the most appropriate word is his vernacular mm-hmm. and his knack for being able to bring new words. If if you guys don't know, the term ebonics, which mm-hmm. was used for slang, originated from people talking about teachers in Oakland mm-hmm. having to communicate with the kids. The students they were teaching. And so this is just some, I'm saying Oakland because it's some Bay shit. He's not from Oakland. He's from Vallejo. But look, it's the world bay. is small. It's the Bay. <laughs> it's the, the bay. bay is known for motherfuckers trying to be cool and trying to say some shit in a very different, Slick unique way. way. And E-40 like embodies that. Like E-40 can come to Oakland and be as good as Too Short. Like E-40, no, he, E-40 he's is the Bay Area. He is the, the bay, bay Area. Yeah. It is okay. He can go anywhere. But it's... Fuck, it was like fucking 15 years ago, I was talking to some kids about E-40 and from Chicago, and they was like, oh yeah, E-40 is like a fucking sh- street poet. Like, the way he says his shit, and it's, he's some white kids mm-hmm. who appreciate the street sense and the right. uniqueness of E-40, so. I mean, without an E-40, you wouldn't have people like Mozzie, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have a lot, you know? True. And, and Mozzie's killing some shit, too, on, on that side, so. Real talk. I mean, and this song is just, it's super Bay Area, of course. Mustard. Mustard on the beat, ho. <laughs> and to have, to hear 40 just just kill the song like that was crazy. Um, yeah. And yes, this to be honest, this is a rare song, like a $2 bill, because 
to have such legends as uh, Change, Wayne, and Forty on it. Like in OGs, I, just OGs. OGs. It's just crazy. It's great. And so then, oh look at Ben whipping out the two dollar oh. bill. <laughs> He's rare. <laughs> oh shit. We have and to take a picture of you with that. We will. And um, then uh, the next song we got is... I Said Me. Another one of my favorites, honestly. Yes. I Said Me. Um, the whole idea of this song, I think I like more than the song itself. Right. But the execution kind was, of a theme sometimes. was good enough for me. The right, execution right. of this was good enough for me. Um, you know, just the whole idea. I, I, I remember he was in the Breakfast Club and he was talking about this project and he said he had to get more clever with what he said and how he said it because his kids are listening. are listening in. And so this song, I think, really is the epitome of that. Of Daddy, you know, what's a drug dealer? Right, Daddy, what's a drug dealer? I said me. I am. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and then he's breaking it down in some, you know, clever ways of how it is, what it is with him. And... I mean, this obviously samples a nostalgic beat. It's it's just, it feels good it's, from someone like myself from around my age who grew up on this sound and hear him talking about what he's talking about. It feels great. Yes. I was actually turned off by the the sample with the my favorite things. Same, but I understand the cons. I understand why, but I was definitely I I I was like, this is going on too long. Like the the fact that it was repeated. Killed it for me. I, that, I, that that part I didn't like. I, I, I didn't. The, I didn't like it. But I re-listened to it and I was like, "It's actually a good song in here." It, yeah. It, it touches on well, was it the Garden of Peace from the Dead Presidents sample? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's classic and it fits well. But initially, like that, my favorite things was just like, it feels like it's not used correctly. Like I said, and that, that's actually another one of those things. that's like kind of made me think back to college dropout. Mm. The label had a two for one deal. They're like, well, we already cleared the sample for Ariana. We may as well just give it the change too. Lots of, <laughs> lots of samples. Right. Um, but yeah, this song was was super interesting to hear. I like the concept. Um, but yeah, that intro. Yeah. I, I gotta say one thing more. The next song is what what is that? Uh oh, I'm not crazy. Life is. Yeah, yeah. It, there's actually a lot that I like about the song. There's there's a there's kind of a beat change at the end that I think is really good, but it mm -hmm. feels kind of borrowed. Well, there's a similar one on the Travis Scott album, but anyway, Kodak Black. I don't get why people like to listen to him. He's got an interesting voice. It's interesting, <sighs> but I've never heard sound. it. I've never heard it used, and it was like, wow, that sounded good. I, so the the one time that in my memory from the top of my dome that I can think that I'm like, huh, his voice sounded nice was on that ZZ hook. Mm. I got the money all right, right. That sounded acceptable. His voice overall to me is very annoying. And I think I've said it before on this podcast. He sounds extremely ignorant. Like he sounds mm -hmm. like a dumbass. And it's like, why do we have this person with a mental disorder sharing that with the world when they should be getting help. Like, that's how I feel about him mm. a lot of the time, which I'm not, like, attacking him, but that's the pers that's how I receive it. I really don't see his appeal. I don't get it, but it, you know what? A lot of people do, so I have to humble myself and just right. say I'm old, I don't get this shit. I'm just going to not agree and say, you know what? Everyone 
it, it tries to push him up, and he ends up on songs, and then he makes them a little worse. Because there'll be songs. I, 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 I have to, to disagree. Oh, what was that song? Okay, so there's one song that I, I think about a lot. It's um it's a song from a DJ Khaled. The Range Rover had steps, and Future's on that, and he, he comes in with so much energy and everything, and then Kodak Black comes on, and he's just like, doesn't know what beats and like flow are. And I'm like, it just sounds bad. I just don't get the appeal of Kodak Black. Well, aside and I from think that, that he, I think he drags down songs. I literally think that he drags down songs. He'll be on songs with A-list rappers. And then suddenly you get to his part and it's like, uh, okay. I I hated him less on this track. I mean, it was at the end. It was nothing. Like, it was like, what, two bars? Man, fuck your blue check. Yeah, Instagram, <laughs> fuck your blue check. Do we, do we I told need... Birdman he needs to give me give me some more money. Master P said, I'm... Yeah, I'm just... I, <laughs> but overall, I didn't I didn't even really like Chance's fucking re- uh, verse on this either. I thought it was kind of like... Wah, wah, wah. Well, I, I guess I kind of feel like at least he came in with a little bit of... Like, like some emotion or whatever behind it yeah yeah i felt like the song could have been more i felt the like song, i felt the like potential the song been better. of this could have yeah. been more you have two chains the og you got chance the guy who's like now becoming a staple and mm-hmm. a regular name and then you've got kodak the guy who's fresh out of prison so you've right. got like these three different positions in the rap game the OG, the established, and the new guy. Mm-hmm. And it could have been so epic. Like, they could have each gone into what each of them kind of feels like at their stage. And instead, you just kind of got this generic yeah, just like song, you know? It just it fell flat for me. So the, this is the one that I skip as well. I, I don't skip this one. I, skip I just it. don't enjoy it as much. But I, I don't skip this one. Ben skips it. No, it's oh. a good song. <laughs> it's just that I gotta. Whenever it gets to Kodak, I gotta fast forward to the other part. This song kind of. This is a, actually a relatively long song, but it's, yeah, it's, it's actually five minutes good. And seconds. And I'm just really not a big fan like a of it. I guess. Song. All right, that's fine. I mean, I I don't I don't mind like the beat switch and all that, but. And then you go into Sam. Now this one was interesting, and I hey. think we need to. I think we only need to hear from Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from you first. So we there was a Jay Z song that came out a while ago. It was not a. It, it was not a Jay Z song. What was the song? Ben? It was a Meek Mill song. It was a Meek Mill song featuring Jay Z, where Jay Z had twice as many bars as everyone else on the song. So it becomes a Jay Z song. <laughs> the beat kept going and Meek Mill was like you know what Jay it's my song but you know what you get 32 bars I only get 16 that's fine that's, that is a deal because <laughs> <laughs> 2 trains didn't even get 2 Jay-Z bars right he didn't get a he didn't get, a, he didn't get yo, a fucking mention yo this one part in this album 2 Chainz is like this beat so hard Jay can rap on yeah, it I think that's, on, Jay did. that's on Threat to Society I think right it is and Jay which did. is interesting because um Ninth Wonder produced produced that song, and he also produced Threats on Jay Z's album. So it's just interesting that we didn't get a Two Chainz tried. He yes. said Jay was too busy or some the schedules yeah. didn't align. He might be on a remix or some shit. I don't know. Right. Anyway, <laughs> yes, get us get us to, to Sam. Sam. So 
the thing about this song that got me was on the Meek Mill song, Jay-Z is boasting about Jay-Z is boasting about not paying taxes. Counting so good, I'm practically living tax-free. Tax Those were right. the bars. Right. And now on this song, we have two chains being really bad at math. Yes. <laughs> 37%. 37%. That's, which is, that's almost that's, 40%. That's almost That's 50, almost 50%. 50%. That's almost 100%. It's like, bro, okay, hold on. Slow down. Slow your roll, bro. Let's understand math. First of math. all, let's understand math. And that 37 is 37. It's not 40 or 50. Right. And let's also understand marginal tax rates. Exactly. So if you make over half a million dollars, only the amount over half a million is taxed at the 37. Ten, what do you say? Over a million and a half? What, what, yeah, uh, you're, you're, so your 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 million and a half, uh, your million and one one dollar is going to be taxed. Whatever. Where? Yeah. How, however, however much you make. However the, the brackets whatever the, work Whatever out. the threshold is. Yes. That dollar amount plus one I just will did be taxed my, I just did at that my rate. taxes. And me and my wife... We we filed together, uh-huh. and the bracket we were in, we were in the twenty two percent bracket. So all of our income was twenty two percent was taxed at twenty two percent. Isn't that fucking great? It's amazing. Two chains, your income is taxed slightly differently because you make a lot uh, more than I do. A lot more. So, what I appreciate about the two chains part, mm-hmm. number one, he doesn't talk about taxation in a negative way. He doesn't. That's true. He talks about it as in in, in a necessary way, as a, as a necessity, right? Um, number two, he acknowledges it's better to pay more in taxes than to pay less. Mm. So he says, "All right, I got to get my shit together." Did he paid? He owed a hundred. He paid a hundred and five. You know mm-hmm. what? Let's be safe. Don't let him wesley you, right? Yes. And then finally, number three, he acknowledges. Something that has been coming up, I think, a lot more recently, especially with the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's and with... 2020. <laughs> and with just this progressive uprising against Trump is Correct. taxation without representation. Talk so about he's it. saying, I have no problem with being taxed, but is it going to schools? Is it going to the streets? Why are black people getting locked up more with my tax dollars than everyone else so it's right. it's it's bringing awareness not to the fact that taxes are bad mm-hmm. but what is being done with these taxes so uncle sam stealing grams out the bag i think is not an uh, an, uh, an assault on taxes it's an assault on Where, what is this money actually being used exactly for. because he he says something in uh he says a line in there saying like we pay the cops, you know, we pay co- our taxes and the cops are still shooting us. Right. Like, what's happening with our taxes? Right. It's, it's the same thing that J-, uh, J. Cole has said in a song before. Yep. I need to see what—you sh- you should be accountable to me. If I'm paying you taxes and this is supposed to go towards the bridges, as, right. as 2 Chains has also said. Right. Um, I need to know—I need an itemized list of where these are going. For sure. And I feel like that's only fair. It is. And when you have— Blacks. I'm investing in you. I'm investing in the public. You should be able to show me what my where my investment is going. Point blank period. Yeah. You know, and with blacks becoming or moving into that other bracket where mm-hmm. they're paying a there's enough black people paying a fair share of their taxes, there needs to be some accountability for the black community. Definitely. And that's something that we're not seeing. 
And we need songs like this to really shine a light on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy he didn't have a line in there where he's talking about how he's living tax-free. Tax right. Because that type of shit is the exact opposite of the conversation we need to be having as a community. I have no problem paying taxes. Same. I don't make a shit ton of money, but I have no problem giving 25% of my money to the government if right. it's going to be used responsibly. Exactly. If it's going to be used to better my people and mm-hmm. the American people as a whole. Right. So... This was a necessary song. Um, this was a song where he actually showed some growth. Mm-hmm. He, he showed some maturity. Mm-hmm. And I hope people listen to what the underlying things are in this song and not just the surface of him being really bad in math. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that was our Hip Hop Cafe review. We took... the. Basically, the whole podcast to talk about it. Um, some dope shit, yo. Some dope shit. But I think there's still some other things that we need to talk about. So we'll go through them briefly. Um, let's go ahead and fucking talk about. Well, hold on. I have to end the hip hop cafe first. Oh my God, <laughs> this shit. <laughs> So the reason why <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend like that didn't even happen. So the reason why a lot of black people complain about taxes and not being represented properly in the society is because the fucking society's not set up fairly for us. Exactly. It's not an even playing field. So yes, you pay your taxes, but you don't get the fair share out of it. Um recently there was a federal investigation mm. where they uncovered Cheating ring? Yeah, ring. it was like a ring. Yeah, it was ring. huge. It was a. I mean, I think it was a company though. That like the key. What was it called? The key something. It, I, I don't know the name. But it hit so many places inside of the educational system that this thing was as deep as we thought it was, but even deeper. So, the feds uncovered this ring of cheating that allowed for wealthy people to pay for their children to get, to get accepted school. into very high-ranking universities. Princeton, Yale, um, USC, mm-hmm. um, Georgetown. like yeah. A ton of them. And this was happening from 2011 to 2018. Basically, the idea was, you, you know, there, there are companies that can help your kids get into college by prepping them for standardized t- testing and things like that. Yeah, and this one was like, hey, also, for an extra fee, which is like half a million dollars or something, we will help facilitate a situation so your kid can cheat. They were doing things like, um, hey, we'll, we will fake a learning, uh, like a disability, yes, so that we can get extra time and we can like allow them to actually cheat because they're not in the standardized things with Proctor and things like yes. that. Mm-hmm. There was there's all sorts of things where they were like, we know exactly how to cheat the system. We will fake that your kid is an all star rowing. Yes, and you ain't rowed a day in your motherfucking life. So I, <clears throat> this issue did a several things for me. Mm. Number one, it it brought validity to something that we all knew was happening. Right. Mm-hmm which is pay to play. Mm-hmm. If you have the money, you can pay for damn near anything. Right. Um, number two, it also showed 
the exploits that are um, classist. So if you look at the classist exploits in this system, the people who were working at the SAT stations who were or test sites who were giving the answers, they're on the lower rung of society because they're just normal working people who work at a test site. Their bribe was $10,000 to give oh. the test, right? Mm-hmm. You go up another level. The coach at a university who's going to take a picture with your kid showing them in a row outfit, they got a couple hundred thousand dollars. Or they photoshopped it on, onto stock photos too. For like sure. I heard about that. Or they would, like they, but they, they got, would just that's like how agree lazy they got. Was, that's how because, lazy they like got. How lazy, but how confident they were as well. If you t- if you we're think not even going to make our kid do the thing. Right. There's, there's, there's totally levels to even bribing people. Mm-hmm. You at a test center, you're only worth ten thousand. You was a head coach, you're worth two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But then the parents ended up paying a one point five million or something for, for yeah, that specific. I mean, so that you know, there were some who paid half a mil. The, I think the average was around half a million, mm-hmm. four four to half a million. Uh, but they dollars. were paying up to like six point five million. Yes, for for depending one's... on who's getting paid off. Exactly. You got to consider also like the. Um, the, the structures that we have in society that make it easier mm-hmm. for somebody coming up in a wealthy family to make it to a school like this. And it it's just like, doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have all of that money to actually put your child through tutoring and through all these other different things that you could do. But that's on top. And that's what makes it more frustrating for me is that not only do you have a financial advantage to legitimately get your child a head start where they can go to the best prep schools. They can get test prep sessions. They can actually um, do all the extracurricular things. They don't have to stress about working a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Or they don't have to stress about the extra things that go into play when it comes to getting prepared for school. Right. They can just focus on school. Right. right? They can literally just focus on school. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have that, but they also... Um, fucking Jared, Kutner's, Jared, Jared Kushner? Kushner's parents bought a fucking building at his school. Right. So over he, over f- almost two fucking million dollars they, they put right. in, which is 100% legal. Mm-hmm. And with that 100% legal bribe, he got into the school even though he didn't deserve it. But motherfuckers want to be mad about, oh, you're black, so you're only in this university because you're black and because of... uh uh, What's that shit called with black people they call it? Affirmative, Affirmative action. action. Yeah. Affirmative action is to help level the playing field for people who are paying half a million dollars to get their kids into the school illegitimately. Right. So, it's I I was I've always been someone who has not been fully for affirmative action because I felt like it should be a level playing field. But then I think Dave Chappelle put it in a way he's like, well, if it's a tie, fuck them, right? Mm -hmm. But it's never a tie. Things like this, the Fed's Proving this just really gives more teeth to something that black people have been crying about for decades. Right. That is not fair. It's not even. Mm-mm. It's not even. But yeah, you it's like you you the you have all the advantages. You 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 have parents available to you, you go to the best schools, you do test preps, um, you know, like Everything available to you, and you still need still. ridiculous. Still you know. have to cheat. That means you dumb as fuck. <laughs> just but like, but it's what the do you, system? Yeah. What do you guys think and about it's legacy? Systematic though? about like legacy admissions as well. 
I think that's also fucked up. I right. think legacy and missions is the kind of thing that's thrown on us. It's like, well, it makes sense. His dad went there. It's like, but why? Does it? But why? Yeah. You know? Why does it make sense? Like, it does. It doesn't make sense. It's like, all. why does legacy make sense, but then affirmative action doesn't? Right. There's there's nothing great to be gained by having everyone in some particular family going mm-hmm. to a school, and the only way they can spin it is his father has money, and we can get money. Exactly. From them. Right. Exactly. Um, my, wa- my wife graduated from the same school that I went to. Every fucking month, every month, they send a thing out with all the accomplishments of all the people in the school and then asking her for money. Like, hey, we know you graduated from here. Please give us money. Please give us money. Mm-hmm. Right. Give us money. Give us money. So, yeah, if you're one of those people who always answers those and gives them a ton of money, best believe when you pick up that phone and say, hey, let me talk to the dean of admissions. My son's applying. I'd like you to look at his application. Are they not going to stop what they're doing and look at the application? They of course look. they are. That's why uh, what's his, <laughs> uh, Megan McCain was on The View crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just she a- missed ev- the whole point of the whole everything. Point. But you know what? Sh- I don't, even, so I don't even want to Keep talk about the fucking like, I'm, view. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, just to interject. Keep in mind. Like yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted and he was shitting all over John McCain. Yeah. Did she cry? She should have. But she's, you know, <sighs> and the, her her position on everything like anti-Semitism, uh, all that, it's just ridiculous. But it's just hilarious because when I, when I, it's basically like liberals and progressive think we and conservatives, Republicans, whatever, some Democrats think me. And that's like basically the whole thing that uh, Meghan McCain was doing. She's like, well, I, my dad was this and I'm proud of that. All of my parents and, and me, me, me. It's like, it doesn't fucking have to do with you, bitch. <laughs> Nobody's talking about what the fuck you and your family went through because it doesn't matter. But it's not even you. And it, in, in that it conversation, it's it's... My parents, my, yeah, my, my dad, family. my my brother, my no. What a, what about you, bitch? What did you, you didn't do? Go, you didn't do shit. What did you do? You didn't go nowhere. So anyway, fuck you, uh, Megan McCain. But um, I mean, oh, fuck. Okay, I, I understand that, but I also I also want to take that back to hip hop to mm-hmm. mention something interesting. Um, we don't even use nepotism that way though in hip hop. We but go ahead. Don't. That's don't. what I'm getting yeah. at. There, we have we say you we have decades of hip hop, right? And we have multiple kids mm-hmm. of rappers. The most successful kid of a rapper is probably Jaden Smith. Right. And he, when is he ever charted at the point where we're like, oh, this is the number one rapper? I think rapper. he just did it with Icon. Like, it's... it's but like, no, like even Easy es son, fucking mm-hmm. all of like Diddy's Diggy, son. Diddy's son. Like none of the, I'm they're they're out there. Big pun, son. He can Big actually pun, rap. He can actually rap. I mean, but it's Diggy p- Simmons. Fucking, he can rap too. But all of these kids, they're not they're not benefiting from from um being able. To, they're benefiting from the networking and the. But the thing is, the the core of it is is your music good? It's well, it's surprising because you would think that like there's certain like legs up that you get. It's like oh, I got a million dollar beat or whatever. But it's like. Hip hop is somehow more of a meritocracy than college. Is that not insane? It is insane that hip hop is more, more of a democracy than our com- than our country. Talk it's, about it's, it. it's run more by the people than our 
our economy than our fucking country. It's insane. It's fucking insane. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our question. We got a question? Unless you guys want to talk about one more news piece. What's the news piece we got left? New Zealand, the shooting. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you guys want to do? I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah. And, I mean, we can touch on it real quick. Mm-hmm. My main piece on this thing is just going to be really quick. You know, there's good people on both sides. Oh. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, if you look at the stats, right-wing terrorism is by far the greatest threat to America domestically when it comes to to terrorism. It yeah. is number one. It is ISIS or whatever the or illegals crossing from Mexico. None of those things are a threat. The biggest threat in America right now when it comes to terrorism within and I'm saying America, but it's it's this did happen in New Zealand, but right. it, it it does mirror things that are happening here the because because the, because the guy was a Trump supporter. Blah blah blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. we kind of exported some right. Of that hate. We, we've exported our hate, right? Thank right. you, Ben. There you go. Um, is right wing white supremacy? Yeah, it's it's actually a really um, weird thing, um, and, and I guess it, it's it's obviously he he was a white supremacist, right? Yes. Right. So. The thing that is curious, I can't explain it at all, is that there's less of a fear in generally white America of a white person killing you. Mo- like, statistically, you're most likely, if you're, if you're black, you're most likely to be murdered by someone black, and if you're white, you're most likely to be murdered by someone white. That's how, that's how it works. But somehow, it, it's not enough to trigger anything. I cannot get away from the Las Vegas shooting. It's like, a white guy comes shooting at country music fans. Right. And we did, like, there wasn't a huge reaction. It was like, hey, we got to do something. Instead, it was like, you Those can damn put, Mexicans. you can literally put up a video, like a picture of somebody. He's like, that person's wearing hijab. And that incites people more than someone that's actually murdered a bunch of people. Yes. It's ridiculous. It, it goes against common sense, but it does not go against the philosophy of the mind of of just humans. Like we're just so cult, you know. We're we're so about the group. Mm-hmm. We're so about what things are the same between us as people who are similar, and the things that are different about us from people externally. Though mm-hmm. that person's white, that person's black. That's a man. That's a woman. Those differences are so obvious. We forget the point that we are all just fucking people. Right. I think that there's a way that they, uh, certain pundits or whatever spin this thing that actually drives the conversation in a certain way. So you can find a lot of black people that are okay with gun control mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, I don't want that kid down the street having a gun. Right. Like, let's at least make sure that kids don't have guns or whatever, right? right? And I think that there's, you can turn it around on like the, the the idea of white America and say, I might not want the kid down the street to have a gun, but I don't want a terrorist coming to me. And you mm-hmm. could be like in Arkansas and they'll still push that on you. It's like, oh, well, Al Qaeda is going to come over to Arkansas, right? It's like, it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Right. 
But the idea is, say, it's too dangerous for you not have guns because of the other. Whatever the, it is. The, the whatever other. it is, the right. other might come. And that even is, though it's interchangeable. Statistically, it's going to be someone who looks like you who's more likely going to kill you with a gun right. than it is the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever, man. And it's fucked up that it's going to places like New Zealand. Yes. But I am grateful in New Zealand's politics in that one of the first headlines I saw come out of New Zealand is... Gun control. Gun control. Yeah. yeah. And so their, their policymakers are instantly jumping on this mm-hmm. and trying to f- make sure it never happens again. Right. Yeah. If you want to know more about that, um, I think a good parallel is look at uh, gun legislation in Australia. They mm-hmm. had a similar thing way oh, back. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a case study that a lot of um, gun law um, folks here in the States cite is what happened in Australia. Mm. How when they put those gun laws in, in the place, gun violence didn't, I mean, didn't go away completely, but Jesus but yeah. fucking Christ, there was a huge change. Who's when access out? is reduced, guess what? Deaths go down too. Yeah, I feel like in in America they try and use the whole thing about like if we take them away, um, they'll still find a way to get them. So like they're just worried about like the the black market expanding so much more because we, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's just like it's it's the fear mongering of that shit. It's like oh well, it's already bad. Why are we going to do something about it? Kind of thing. Because like, it's, it's not already, true. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's literally not it's true. It's you, you go know. to Japan and. You're not gonna get right. Shot. You're not gonna get <laughs> shot. You go to Japan. You know Japan has a ninety nine point. I think ninety nine point seven percent conviction rate for anyone arrested for anything. Hmm. I think it's probably a lot there. Yeah, <laughs> we'd ha- we'd have to take a lot of time to dive into that. Yeah, but it's it's don't have time for that. But yeah, <laughs> but you you don't want to get arrested for right. You don't. You know get- what? I I think it's just for drugs. Honestly. I, oh I, okay. I think that's the that's the drug conviction rate is ninety nine point seven percent in Japan. So don't bring drugs to Japan, y'all. Don't do drugs in Japan. Don't do don't do shit in Japan. Just you know, but fucking be merry. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking be merry. <laughs> Prostitution's legal, so go. Hey, for it. that's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, one last thing that we want to talk about, or actually, we have two last things. It ain't la- last, bro. It's damn. It's fucking. Yeah, we. Yeah, <laughs> we went in having fun today. We it's been two weeks. Bitch, enjoy this shit. Take all of this hour Um, and 18 minute long types of shits podcast. Yeah. So we wanted to actually go ahead and make sure that we um, shouted out some of the people that responded to our um, question from a couple of weeks ago. It looks yeah, like from, we were uh, talking about what, what your favorite joint albums were. Yes, yes. that's actually a really we good wanted, question. It was, it, was, it was a collaboration album or project. So we had a ton to choose from. From Run the Jewels, Method Man and Red Man, to Watch the Throne, or Drake and Future. So we wanted to hear from you guys. And so what we're going to do is we'll go ahead and read a couple of your guys' um, responses. Um, one person said Pimp C and Bun B. And I feel like that one shouldn't count. At the time, I was like, oh, that's a super fire answer. But now that I think about it, I don't know if that one actually counts because they were actually a group. I think it's or a different question about a different our question? F- favorite duos, or whatever. Because Pimp C and Bun B were together. Yeah, they like, were an actual as teenagers, duo. you know. Yeah. yeah. So what? What's I'll, great I'll is take like it. I'll take it. No, I think it. I think oh, it's great said no. when people yeah. come together. 
Because one thing we're talking about is Two Chains and Lil Wayne. And two these, solo artists that came. Yes, right. two solo artists. And I think that's what we were trying to get, go for. So Outkast so wouldn't count either. No. No. That's why I mean, we weren't trying to I go with I think that would Outcast. be a great question to talk about duos. The duos, like that that would be a different thing. But we okay. were trying to get joint albums from joint two, al- from okay, two got solo it. people. Got it. So um, we also had somebody say um, Everything is Love or the Black Star album. And Everything is Love is interesting. That's two it solo is. people. It yes, is. it's not two rappers, but um and then Black Star album, they only had one album. Um Yeah. Why? So, yeah, I'll take I know. It, I mean that <laughs> But I'll take it. It's yeah, like, I'll take it. It's so good. Right. But that is exactly but what we were asking for. What we were for. asking for. Yeah. So I think those are two really good answers. Um and then another person said Jay Z and Lincoln Park. And I thought that was very interesting. Um because it's, you know, one person and then a band. a band. I think it's a very different kind of answer, but I I, I, I appreciate it. Right. Oh, I appreciate it too. Um, somebody also said foreign exchange. I feel like that's not really a duo because that is a that's Fonte and Nikolai and like a d- bunch of other people that, that kind of go underneath that umbrella. But great answer anyway. So then, I mean, how is that different from the Jay-Z and Linkin Park one? Well, Pretty that's similar, what I'm saying. Right? That's what Along I'm saying. Along the same lines. Yeah. Along the same lines. I'm not sure if those ones count, but good, sh- good shit it. anyway. I'll take it. Why not? Yeah, Fuck I'll it. take it. Fuck it. Let's do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'll write it myself, <laughs> and we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm old, guys. We also... <laughs> <laughs> Early internet memes. Right. Let's go. We also have... Um, Someone said peanut butter and jelly, which I think is a great combination. What is that? But they are not. I think solo. that's a great sandwich. I think they're a duo for real. <laughs> Although, I, I honestly didn't know what you were getting at. I, my first thought was that uh, peanut butter and jelly song. Peanut butter jelly time. Yeah. And then another person said Zion I and the Grouch Heroes uh, in the City of Dope. I've never heard of that. I'd have to look that's that some up. Underground shit. You better. Dig. But Zion I, I know he's from the Bay. So. Yeah, if those two, they, that that's something I'd have to listen to. But yeah, we really appreciate you guys um, going ahead and um, participating in these questions. We really like we've gotten some really great responses and really yeah. great um, turnout, and you know, yeah, this is a community discussion. Yeah, and I mean, we love that you guys are enjoying us asking you these questions, and we love that you're engaging with us. Uh, We're here for the culture. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we have a question for y'all. So. As you guys have heard from us, we have been doing um, or dropping some hints about our live episode. And so <laughs> and so our live episode is going to... Oh, my bad. That was me on my phone. Hey, the iPhone. <laughs> so Awaken. I know, right? So yes, you have heard us drop some hints about our live episode. Well, we have confirmed the time for it. We have confirmed the date and the place. It will be here at VSOP Studios. VSOP. Um, it will also be at, it will start at 5 p.m. sharp. So please get there on time. Um, and it'll go until about 8 p.m. We'll have some networking after that, but we really want you guys to come through. So what we also are going to be doing is we're going to be giving away something for our listeners. Some shit, yo. So... Some good if, shit, some swag. Some yeah, exactly. Some swag. That's a swag. But anyway, what we're gonna do is um, we're going to uh, have you guys submit your best moments. Um, so if you're listening to an, a podcast or not a podcast, but listen to an ep- episode, let us know what moments you love the most. 
Um, if you do have the episode number, let us know. If you even have down to the minute, like say it's episode 20, minute 1530 to 1650. Yeah. Like, let us know what that is. You guys can send that via email, via DM, via Instagram. Um, Twitter, whichever way you guys want to do it. We Most of y'all be got checking. my cell number. Hit me up. <laughs> we'll be checking our um, uh, social media for for those. But if uh, and the, that will enter you into the raffle to win that prize. Yes. So even you, Cynthia, we know you listen, and yes, we do check the website. We yes, check, we do. We, we check. Yes, everything. you can even submit it on the website. Um, if through the website, if you go to our contact <laughs> us page, you can submit it. Submit it there. So. We will be looking for these for the next two weeks. This is our 99th episode. Exactly. Next one is not going to be until a hundo. Next one be... That is insane. Do y'all understand how crazy that is? 100 episodes. 100 episodes. I mean, 100 episodes. I'm hard-pressed to tell you a series that I've watched of any television show that had 100 episodes or more that I can say I watched every episode of. Mm. You're hard? I'm hard to pressed. Oh, God. <sighs> ben, <All right>. calm, <laughs> down. calm down. Calm down, Ben. Um, but I'm yeah. married, okay? Yes, the wife is gone this weekend. So you can come over. But I'm married. <laughs> but come right? over. So you, st- so you still got to leave by 8. It's <laughs> bedtime. <laughs> She's going to call me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, yes, we want to hear from you guys. Go ahead and uh, hit us up. Um, I think we're gonna go out on since we spent an hour on his on his shit, I think we just have to go out. What song on. are you gonna play? Just, yeah, this is the just, fucking beat that got me. Yo. We have we this gotta go out on so this. Hard. Man, this shit hard. So fucking hey, hard. Hey, this shit hard. I, I, lo- I love the way Two Chains talks. Yes. You guys, we really appreciate you guys listening every fucking week. We appreciate you guys. This is our last episode until the live episode. So live, we will be engaging with you on social media from here on out until April sixth. We will drop it on, I believe, that following Wednesday. So make sure you guys are paying attention. We'll talk to you guys on social media. Um, we love you guys, and we out this motherfuckers. In the double Deuces. R with a double cup. Double, yeah. yeah, double park at the W. I'm from the south side, gonna throw it up. Been around lane, niggas give me phobia. Every verse I do need a coroner. They say I'm heavy handed when I'm pouring up. But C left.